So I got incredibly pissed off Saturday night. The problem is we're 48 hours later. And while I'm doing house cleaning, spring cleaning, whatever you want to call it, and putting those nice lines in the carpet with the carpet cleaner, I reached a moment of zen, and it completely fucked up what could have possibly possibly been the best rant I'd ever have. Then I was going to uh, utilize a old South Park song, the Kyle's Mom's A Bitch song. Uh, but the video that I had it, I realized that Cartman was in blackface. And so I chose not to get canceled. Shit doesn't always roll the way you want it. We just got to move on. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13. And if you still currently have a Facebook account, which I know a lot of people have really gotten rid of their Facebook, and I don't blame them whatsoever, I have to keep mine active unless they kick me off. They have refused to kick me off. So you can find me over there, Dennis M. Roy. Uh, the updated ADP charts from yesterday morning, those are out. Those are in your mailboxes. Uh, we will be utilizing those for the NFC this week. Uh, currently, I am w- still working on the strengths of schedule charts. Uh, got the big, big meaty portion done, the DVOA, uh, DVP chart. Uh, that usually comes along with your strength of schedules um, and your DFS spreadsheets each and every week during the season. That part is done. That's the hardest part. So now I am actually officially working on the strength of schedule, get the team's uh, schedule set in, get those formulas put in. I'm hoping to have that done uh, before the end of this upcoming weekend. And that's what my primary focus is going to be on. We're going to have four podcasts out this week. We're going to do the NFC. I want to get that strength of schedule chart out so we can start going through that. Anybody that has seen that strength of schedule chart knows it's not your usual strength of schedule chart. Most of the people that you will listen to on the radio, that you will see on the TV, on the TV, on TV, they generally will look at the strength of schedule based on a team's uh, opponent's records. We do that here, but we also go ahead and look at the DVOA information that I pull from Football Outsiders, which is a great site. It's gotten rather expensive now, um, but I am incurring that cost so I can bring that information to you guys. Um, anybody cares to donate to help alleviate that, reach out to me. We know I have a PayPal, I have a Venmo open for that. Um, but we look at the, the strictest defensive data, basically, um, the most pinpoint accurate data. And we go through the schedule. We look at, uh, uh, based on the season schedule, uh, opponents, Pass defense, rush defense, um, the uh, defense versus your wide receiver one, two, and your wide receiver plus, Your that's your tertiary ones, uh, versus tight end versus running backs in the passing game, all that type of data. I go further beyond that as well. Uh, we look at opponent offenses um, for your – your defensive selections, see if these higher-end uh, 
defense ones, if they're viable, if they're worth reaching up maybe an extra round to go get, uh, which we don't believe in here. Uh, we really don't care. We'll take whatever falls to us. Um, but, I mean, if you're one of those players, you're one of those players. And I'm not going to get any argument about it. Uh, I am trying to add kicker data. Uh, and I know a lot of people are probably going to laugh at that. But um, I want to track it throughout the year. I'm going to track uh, the opponent's special teams play. Uh Utilizing that plus the kicker uh, points versus the defense. Where that comes into focus is in DFS if we're getting into our showdown slates. And granted, we don't use it all that much, but I want to have it. I want to have it included in the spreadsheet so I don't have to mess around with it. Adding stuff to the spreadsheet just for uh, showdown slate. I'm going to have that just inserted every team. We have, we'll have the prices for the showdown slates. That'll get all put in. Um, and then it'll just fill in uh, that type of data, the rankings and all that stuff for those showdown slates. And then I don't have to go back and fix it. Because a lot of times what happens is when I have to go in and refix this stuff, it can take me upwards of an hour um, just trying to get that data put in there because the spreadsheets are so big. Um, adding lines, you know, for formulas and shit like that, it really just, it just bogs down. So if I hit it right out the gate, it's done. I don't have to fucking worry about it. Just throw in the players, get the number, uh, get the salaries, get the rankings put in, done, over, good, great, grand, wonderful. Now that we're through that, if you get confused by that, trust me, it'll all make sense once you have the spreadsheet set in front of you and we can go through it. But until then, let's go into the NFC West. And we will be starting with the Arizona Cardinals. Remember, this is basically we're looking at the offenses. We're looking at our skill position players. Uh, and then we're going to look at their current uh, ADPs. So we're going to start at quarterback. We got one Kyler Murray uh, backed up by Colt McCoy. Not a big deal. Kyler Murray is going rather early in uh, NFSC drafts, which is where our ADP data is taken from. Uh, we'll see where he's currently at. Your running backs are going to be your two main ones, James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is going before James Conner. I have him listed. I have James Conner listed as the starter. A lot of places are having Chase Edmonds listed as a starter. Neither one is really going to be a top end running back, in my opinion, for this year. We saw what happened last year with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. Told you to stay the fuck away from Kenyon Drake because he was going too high. A lot of people did not listen. Um, Chase Edmonds was okay, but he did not do what we thought he was going to do uh, from uh, two seasons previous. So basically when we look at the ru the running backs here, if we're going to take a shot on a guy, it's going to who be whoever falls the latest, whoever falls the latest. And that right now is James Conner. Uh, we'll get into that one. Wide receivers, you're looking at DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, the clear-cut number one here. A.J. Green on the other side of him. And then Christian Kirk in the slot followed by Rondale Moore, the short little guy, uh, basically the little crackhead out of Purdue. Um, don't know what's really going to happen with him. My thoughts and feelings on it, if you look at his tape from Purdue, they did set him up a lot of times in the backfield, uh, run jet sweeps, stuff like that as well. So he's going to be kind of that, you know, uh, the old Cordell Stewart, right? The slash type guy. Um, they're going to set up plays for him. He was he was a mid-range second-round pick, so, of course, they're going to get him involved. Whether or not he's going to bring any fantasy value to seasonal uh, remains to be seen. He's going to be probably more of a guy for DFS. Looking at the tight ends, you're looking at probably Max Williams with a bit of Daryl Daniels. 
mixed in there. I don't like either. Not going to do anything with them for seasonal. Uh, probably won't touch them for um, the DFS as well. So defense has added a lot of players. They've they added five this year. Uh, Zayvon Collins, linebacker out of Tulsa, was their first round pick, followed by Marcus uh, Marco Wilson. My bad. Uh, cornerback out of Florida, Victor Dimukeje, the defensive end out of Duke, Tay Gowan, the cornerback out of Central Florida, who I was actually surprised went that late. Uh, James Wiggins, safety out of Cincinnati. So they still have a capable pass rush in here. They brought in J.J. Watt. Uh, they did lose uh, outside linebacker extraordinaire. Hassan Reddick to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, of course, we know that Patrick Peterson, the cornerback from Minnesota, is gone, uh, replaced by one Malcolm Butler, uh, comes over from Tennessee. And we all know how I like to attack one Malcolm Butler. This secondary is not good. Um, it's going to be a defense that we're going to want to pay attention to early, probably not take a jump on, uh, depending upon what the – the schedule is um, might be something that we mess around with with DFS, take a long shot on for tournaments, but other than that, uh, nothing really too major. So let's go to our ADPs. Let's start with our quarterbacks here, and I have to shrink this so I can actually fucking move it around uh, to a different position. So quarterback Kyler Murray uh, is the third quarterback overall. He is going at pick 42, so he is in your fourth round. Uh, that's down two spots from pick 40, uh, and then four, he was 41 and 41 the two weeks previous, so he's pretty stable right in there, uh, going about four picks ahead of one deck. Prescott, you're running backs now. Let's get in here. Where are we? Where are we? There's the first one, Chase Edmonds. Uh, he is RB29. So he's going to be an RB3. He is at pick 69, dudes. Um, and he's been pretty stable around there. So you're looking at about an end of the sixth round pick. It's not terrible uh, if you're set at running back and you just want to kind of get a third guy, uh, quite possibly a fourth guy. But there's guys behind him that I'm really liking, like Trey Sermon, who's going to start moving up. Uh, the rookie out of San Francisco, now that we have Jeffrey Wilson on basically IR slash pup because he's out for four to six months. Uh, behind him as well, you'd have Raheem Mostert, who I'm okay with. Um, maybe taking a shot on rookie Michael Carter out of new, uh, for the New York Jets. Uh, we'll have to take a look there, see what's up. But you'd also have like Zach Moss, A.J. Dillon, and at RB40, one James Conner. So he is going almost 40 picks later, so about three and a half rounds later than one Chase Edmonds at pick 106. He's been very stable right in there. Um, oh, my goodness. Why did Ooh, I mark that wrong? Oof, no fill. All right, cool. Uh, but, yeah, if I'm going to take a shot on a running back for the Arizona Cardinals, I might as well go – towards the way back end. Take the guy that's going way later uh, in James Conner because you're looking at about ninth. You're looking at about the end of the ninth round. And James Conner in most home leagues is probably honestly going to go, you know, if he's going ninth round right now, he's probably going to go tenth because nobody's going to want to take a shot on him uh, because of the injury history. Back behind James Conner, too, you also have Jamal Williams and Naheem Hines back there. Uh, Gus Edwards, J.D. McKissick, uh, rookie Kenneth Gainwell for Philadelphia. So, um, Moving on, we are going to go to the wide receiver. Paul, quit fucking texting me. I will TikTok with you later. Thank you. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins going as wide receiver four, pick 17 overall. Uh, that is hell of a good value for DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he should be going uh, more towards the beginning of the second round, really, for his talent. And for what targets he's going to get. But if you're going to tell me that I'm going to get him in the middle of the second round, uh, I will definitely take a shot on him. He's falling behind Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, uh, going in front of A.J. Brown, Calvin Ridley, and D.K. Metcalf. 
Let's see where our other guys are, because they're going to go way back where. And to be quite honest with you, I'm not going to really take a shot on these guys, but we want to keep track of their ADPs um, and see where they're going to end up. Uh, see, just track them, you know, towards the beginning of draft season. Do, 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 do. Who's our first guy? Ah, it's actually, uh, I think it's actually, yeah, it is. The rookie, Rondell Moore, he's going as wide receiver 64, pick 179. These are going to be all at the back end of your draft. Um, Rondell Moore, I really do not have any interest in in seasonal whatsoever. Um, it's just, it's, I know what's happened the last couple of years, um, you know, you always kind of get these a couple of rookie wide receivers that really stand out. Last year, C.D. Lamb, uh, Justin Jefferson, both who were we were on. T. Higgins, we were on. Um, Rondell Moore, I just don't have a really good feeling on him. It's not that I don't really hate the player, but when you got a guy that's going to be more of like that slash type player, it's going to be so few and far between. It's going to frustrate you. You're probably not going to play him anyways because you're going to have uh, your three wide receivers that you're going to start basically every other week. Uh, so he's going to be nothing more than maybe a spot start. Maybe. Maybe. And that's only if guys get injured. Christian Kirk is going two spots uh, behind him in terms of wide receiver. He's wide receiver 66. Uh, and these are wide receiver sixes, by the way. Uh, pick 186, he's actually moved up a little bit. Uh, people kind of realizing, yeah, Christian Kirk's going to be the starting, you know, well, quote-unquote starting uh, slot wide receiver uh, in the three wide receiver sets. So um, just everybody's starting to figure it out. And, you know, the rookies get drafted. Everybody gets excited. They're like, oh, my God, I'm going to get this rookie. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, Dynasty rankings, um, I have him way lower uh, in there, too, as well. A.J. Green going as wide receiver 79, uh, pick 223 overall. Uh, he's basically just stay away from. Uh, so basically, as far as targets are concerned, DeAndre Hopkins is about the only one. Um, we go to tight end. Let's just see where these tight ends are going. See what the what the feelings are, what the happy hap is. Um, boy, Max Williams, man, he just popped back onto the radar. He's at tight end forty nine. He's not even a tight end four. Not even a tight end four. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out of here. Oh my god. Yeah, Daryl Daniels isn't even on here either. So that's kind of that's kind of telling you uh, what they think of that position there. Uh, Arizona defense is going as defense number 14, 221. You could do worse, but the thing of it is, it's like right behind him is Denver Broncos at defense number 15. Um, we've talked about it. We like, we like Denver's defense right in front of them is actually Kansas city chiefs, which don't hate. Uh, and then you have New England Patriots at defense number 11. So, I mean, Arizona's defense, We, I think we can just go ahead and pass on them. Uh, LA Rams, let's move on. We've talked about the Matt Stafford trade at nauseum. I'm really bored with it. Um, really good spot, though. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. The offense should roll a little bit better uh, with Matt Stafford there versus uh, Jared Goff, you'll have a little bit more in, th in throwing. Should be a little bit more stable, but this is a run, f more of a run first offense, which you know puts Cam Akers top and center uh, for our uh, look at the RB ones. Uh, Daryl Henderson will be his backup. I'm not worried about him really, you know, stealing anything. He will be more of a change of pace type guy, but Cam Akers should be handling most of the workload in this offense now. Your two main starting wide receivers for this offense are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. That's when they're going to go, you know, 12 personnel, two wide uh, receiver sets. Uh, you'll have Deshaun Jackson come in there on three wide sets as well as Van Jefferson. Uh, they should switch depending upon, you know, what the play is. Um, so Robert Woods and Cooper Cup are our two main targets here. Um, 
probably one of the better overall wide receiver cores that Matt Stafford has played with um, outside of, you know, Calvin Johnson himself and Calvin Johnson in the, when he was in Detroit. But um, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, those would be our two main guys there. And then when you look at tight end, you're looking at one Tyler Higby, uh, rookie from last year, Bryson Hopkins, the second-year player. I don't think he's going to be that much involved. Uh, Johnny Munt is probably going to get some playing time just as basically a blocker. Um, if Jacob Harris doesn't, you know, basically outdo him and take that blocking spot. But I kind of have some interest in Tyler Higby. He's kind of the forgotten guy in this offense. We do know that Matt Stafford does like his tight ends. Um, so he's a guy that we're going to want to keep an eye on. We'll check the ADP here, uh, shortly. Um, but I'm going to tell you, it's real low. It's probably a good spot to try and, uh, snag a guy that can uh, maybe be of some incredibly good value. Uh, Rams defense looks pretty decent. Uh, they'll still have the one bad spot where Micah Kaiser is at inside linebacker. Um, that's really, really about it as far as weaknesses, unless you look at David Long, in who I projected right now to be in the slot corner spot. So, Defense is going to be very good. It's going to be something that we're going to want to look at, uh, especially with a ball, more you know ball control offense, uh, play action type offense that should be able to get the job done this year. Uh, that makes that defense even better just by the offense being on the field a bit more. Moving to the ADP charts, we're looking at Matthew Stafford, who comes in at QB 10, uh, pick 78 overall. That is up. From last week, he was QB 13, pick 93 overall. So he is moving up. He did move down temporarily. I From uh, the 16th to the 23rd, he moved down about 15 picks, and then he moved back up 15 picks. So uh, whatever reason that is, uh, can't really find it. I'll have to take a look at that. There's a reason why he dropped but I'm not really seeing it considering. Oh, well, you had you had Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Matt Ryan in front of him. The Julio no- news is killing Matt Ryan right now with the whole trade talk. Um, Joe Burrow didn't really. He moved up, actually, too. Stafford just really fucking moved up, though. It's really weird. Really weird. All right, but let's move on to running back. We're going to look at Cam Akers. Uh, He is currently going as RB9. That is pick 11 overall. That's been stable uh, for the last two weeks. Uh, And he moved down from 8 currently two weeks ago. Uh, 10th pick overall. So he's been pretty stable. Everybody's been pretty happy with him. at about the 1-2 turn. Uh, Daryl Henderson, if you care to handcuff this, and he will be the main handcuff guy, uh, is going at uh, RB49, pick 141. So he's going about 12th round uh, right in there. So not a bad spot to handcuff your guy. Let's see the wide receivers. First guy off the board here is going to be Robert Woods, uh, who should be Pretty damn good here with Stafford. Uh, he comes in at wide receiver 15, pick 43. So you're looking at about fourth-round pick. Uh, not too early, about mid-round mid round four. That's not a bad spot. He is uh, up a little bit. He was wide receiver 18 the week before. Uh, Cooper Cup, seems, people seem to be souring on him, uh, comes in at wide receiver 25. So right at the beginning of the wide receiver threes, uh, that is perfect for Cooper Cup. We talked about last year that I wanted to get him. If I could if I could draft him, I would get him at a low-end wide receiver two. He's going at a high-end wide receiver three. I think he'll be fine with Matt Stafford. I think he'll be fine uh, with him as your second or third wide receiver. Probably your second, right? Because we're looking at about the beginning of the sixth round here. Now he's down from wide receiver 23 pick 56 so i'd like to see that sour a little bit more um 
just to kind of get more and more value, but that probably won't come until later in the offseason, closer to training camp. Who else we got to look at? Let's just see here. I keep looking at Vegas stuff because it's LVR versus LAR. So it's tricking my eyeballs. Uh, Van Jefferson is going at wide receiver 77, pick 219. Where? Where's Deshaun Jackson? There he is. Deshaun Jackson, wide receiver 88, 275. Okay, so... Main two guys are going to be Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, of course. Um, you're going to do nothing probably with Deshaun Jackson or Van Jefferson other than just pay attention and see how they're incorporated into this offense. Tight end, you're looking at Tyler Higby. He's coming in at tight end 11. That is pick 1-1-1. One, one, one. So you're looking at about 10th round pick. He's going right behind Mike Kaziki and right in front of Irv Smith. Um... It's a perfect spot. It's a guy that you can grab late uh, if you don't get into one of these tight end runs that are going to happen uh, about the seventh, eighth round. You can wait a couple rounds longer if you like some of the value on your wide receivers or your running backs in there. So should be pretty good. L.A. Rams, you're not going to get them cheap. They are the number one defense in fantasy right now. Uh, pick 153. We're not really too worried about the picks. It's going to be the end of the draft, but you're going to have to draft them probably two rounds earlier, at least you know your third to last round versus uh, your second and definitely your your last round. So uh, just be careful with that. Paying high, we usually don't like to do it. We'll usually wait, but it's a hell of a defense. It's a hell of a defense. Moving on, San Francisco. You're going to have right now, you're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo starting at quarterback unless Trey Lance can knock him out. Now, we've talked about this over and over and over, and I cannot stress this enough. Um, the thing that really irritated the shit out of me was I was going to call one of the shows on Thursday and talk about the whole uh, Jordan Love versus Trey Lance and how they are they are basically the same quarterback. Uh, you could flip-flop them, uh, you know, take one and the other, Trade him to the other team. Trade him to the other guy's offense, and you'd probably end up with the same guy uh, in both spots. And then uh, Friday morning on the uh, Guru in the Morning show, their main uh, stable uh, staple show. Uh, what is it? Seven to ten Eastern. John Hansen had one of his guys on there, and he said the exact same fucking thing. Now, the only thing that they added was that um, Jordan Love was the guy that needed more work. But like I said, I it's my belief that they're the same exact quarterback. So if you like Trey Lance, you have to like Jordan Love. If you hate Jordan Love, then you have to hate Trey Lance. You can't have it one way or the other. Now, if you go further into that, you can technically hate Trey Lance if he starts year one based on the fact that he's going to need work just like Jordan Love is. You know, you're going to want him to have a year or two uh, under his belt learning from the quarterback in front of him. So if they're going to push him in front of Jimmy Garoppolo at any point in the season, even at the beginning of the season, start your defense against him. I swear to God. I swear to God, it's going to work. <laughs> it is a really good offensive line, though, that he's playing behind slightly better than the Packers. So, um, I mean, it all depends on what team we're going to start out with right away. But uh, do not go in high on Trey Lance. I did have him backed up. I had him better than Mac Jones in Dynasty, but that was it. Uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, and, uh, oh, my God, Wilson. Uh, in for the Jets uh, are ahead of uh, Trey Lance. Trey Lance does need a year or two. They will fucking break him mentally. Even though he's a real smart dude, they will break him mentally in year one if they start him way too early. They may be forced to do it. If Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, that's kind of understandable. 
but if they believe that Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to be sorely mistaken, and the 49ers are going to flop again. Moving on to running back, we've talked about uh, Raheem Mostert. Uh, He'll be the starter here. Now, Jeffrey Wilson has... He had his knee scoped. He's going to be out four to six months, so it's going to move Trey Sermon up the depth chart. I uh, actually have not messed with Jeffrey Wilson yet on here, although I should mark him. Uh, I'm going to mark him Pup. Pup slash IR. Just so he's on there, because I'm going to put out uh, the updated depth charts again next weekend when I uh, send out strength of schedule. Um, so you're going to have Raheem Mostert. It's going to be Trey Sermon fighting for the backup spot, if not the starter spot. But I think right out the gate, you're going to see him as a backup. Uh, Wayne Gallman, Jamichael Hasty, uh, one Elijah Mitchell, the rookie out of Louisiana, who I'm not really high on. Uh, the only guys that I would be interested in drafting here, though, are Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon. Um but we'll have to pay attention. Wayne Gallman could steal a backup spot, but um, I think he's just going to basically make it as a third stringer uh, for this offense. Wide receivers, you're looking at Brandon Ayuk and Devo Samuel on the outsides, and then Mohamed Sanu, the old man, uh, in the slot here. Really wish they wouldn't have done that. I wish they would have just had, like, Richie James in there. Um, I think he's really earned it. Now, there's been a little bit of talk about Jalen Hurd again, but we're not going to pay attention to it, okay? I think after two years, Jalen Hurd is just done. He's just not a guy that's ever going to make it. It's unfortunate. He's really talented, um, but I just don't think he's going to do it. I don't think he's going to do it here. Could he do it for somebody else? Yeah, but it's a way big, long, bigger long shot there as well. So... Um, when you look at Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Debo Samuel actually goes way behind uh, Brandon Ayuk. So Debo would be the value guy uh, with upside. I mean, we've seen Debo his rookie year. You know, his second year wasn't so good because he was injury riddled. But um, that's kind of the way to look at it. And we'll see here because this should be a, another run-heavy offense again. Uh, with Kyle Shanahan, you know, try to keep the pressure off of Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance if they have a Trey Lance start. Um, so it's going to be all on Raheem Mostert. We talked about it. Sermon, Wayne Gallman. Uh, so if you're going to go San Francisco wide receiver, just take the cheaper of the two. In this case, it would be Debo. Tight end, you're looking at George Kittle. Nobody else. We're, you know, you're not messing with Ross Dwelly. Uh, George Kittle is going to go rather high. The problem with George Kittle is that they like having him in line to block a lot, um, which does put a lot of strain on his body. Uh, we've seen we've seen it, man. Like he'll go out, he'll go out full bore and just fuck people up, and then he but he messes up his, you know, his his back, his legs, whatever. But I, I love the player. It's just he's like balls out to the wall, so. Um, looking at San Francisco defense, going to kind of stay away from it. The secondary isn't terrible uh, with Jimmy Ward and Jakiski Tart at the safety positions. We like those. Uh, Jason Verrett is back. They resigned him. Uh, but you're going to have Emmanuel Mosley on the other side. Uh, tends to be a guy that we don't have really any issues attacking. Um, Kwan Williams will be in the slot. So... Um, Time to time, we're going to attack the Emmanuel Mosley. I still think you might be able to um, run up the middle on this defense. We like the defensive ends in Bosa and Armstead, uh, but DJ Jones and Javon Kinlaw in the middle tend to leave a little bit to, for desire. Uh, linebackers, you'd have Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner in the middle, Aziz El Elsher. <laughs> Aziz Al-Shir. Um, those are going to be your linebackers as of right now. Uh, they're not great. Fred Warner's okay right in the middle, but um, 
really if you're running the the correct blocking style if you're going man to man really and you get a guy seal off the middle linebacker in there <clears throat> you get a good enough run defense or run offense they're going to be able to run right over El Shaher pretty easily so uh, let's take a look at the ADPs. We're going to start with one Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, quarterback, uh, 34. <laughs> Dude's not even a QB2. He's a QB3. Man, 238. Trey Lance is actually going as a QB27, uh, 171 overall. So people are taking a shot on Trey Lance. He has moved up a little bit. Uh, nothing too nothing too fancy but uh yeah they're they're blowing smoke up your ass if somebody says that trey lance is a really good guy to get this year outside of best ball i mean best ball you can take a shot on him but if somebody says yeah 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 i'm on him you take him late take him late and uh just have him on your bench because he's going to be starting wolf wolf you really need to start thinking about who you're following uh for your information because you're not getting it from me i can tell you that right now all right, let's look at our running backs here. Got to find San Francisco. Where the fuck is Raheem Mostert at? Oh, there he is. Uh, RB31, so he's an RB3. Um, Pick 80 overall, and then behind him at RB34, so still an RB3. Uh, but pick 92 is going to be Trey Sermon. Now that's going to keep moving up. He's gone up in three consecutive weeks. He's gone from pick 106 to 99 to 92. Uh, that is probably going to get up right about where Mostert is at some point. So you're going to see him move a full round up and probably match Raheem Mostert, if not go in front of Raheem Mostert at some point in time. So you're going to have to really decide if you want to use like a seventh-round pick on him. Um, at that point, it depends on your team, of course. Tracer, I like, I really do like Trey Sermon. Uh, he, I think he can get the job done here. A really good uh, run blocking offensive line. There's a lot to like. There's a lot to like. Uh, he's very skilled. Um, he can fit in tight spaces. So you like a guy that can do that. Imagine what he gets when he gets an open hole. So. Jeffrey Wilson has dropped uh, considerably. He will be on a do not draft list. Um, he's gone from RB44 to RB53, and he's gone a, a full almost two and a half rounds later now. Uh, don't even I wouldn't even worry about it for best ball, to be completely honest with you, unless you got him in, like say, the 20th round at this point. Uh, but whether or not that happens uh, remains to be seen. Uh, Elijah, no, Wayne Gallman actually is the next guy. He's RB69, uh, pick 243, and then Elijah Mitchell, uh, RB80, 271. So two guys that we really don't have any interest in. Uh, we'll move on to wide receivers. Let's see here. We need to find where our Brandon Ayuk is. And there he is. Wide receiver 23, so he's getting drafted as a low-end wide receiver 2. End of the fifth round at about pick 58. That has gone up four spots. Um, He actually went up up from a wide receiver 27 to a 23 and then went from pick 62 to 58. So he is slightly moving up. He's right behind Jamar Chase and Adam Thielen, and right before Kenny Galladay and Cooper Cup. Um, yeah, oh, we are going to talk. Ah, shit, i got to hurry up because I wanted to talk about uh, the whole Julio business. We'll do that at the end. Uh, I missed out on the rant too, so maybe I'll handle that one at the end as well. Uh, Debo Samuel is going as wide receiver 36, so he is back end wide receiver 3, going right behind Devontae Smith and Robbie Anderson and right in front of Jerry Judy and Will Fuller. Um, Don't mind him in front of Will Fuller, whether or not I would draft Judy or Samuel. Kind of remains to be seen. I'm probably more on Samuel than I am at Jerry Judy. 
but I do like Devontae Smith and Robbie Anderson in front of him. So, and that's pick 88. So you're looking at about mid-round eight, mid-round eight pick in there. It's not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, Tight end then, you have George Kittle going as tight end three. He's going at pick 29. Uh, That's up one spot from last week where he was going at the 30th pick overall. But he's been pretty much hovering about that 29-30 spot. Uh, so you're looking about a mid-range three. I don't really like it. If I got Darren Waller in that spot, I'd love it, but it's not going to happen probably. So fuck it. Uh, San Francisco 49ers defense. Uh, currently this says defense uh, eight. Um, I don't know if I like that based on I kind of like behind him. I like the Browns. I kind of like the Bills a little bit. Definitely the Patriots. Um, Casey, I'm okay with, and Denver Broncos. So, don't really like them that high. I would never take them. Miami Dolphins are actually going right in front of them. About nine picks earlier, uh, but as defense number seven, I kind of like that spot. So, I'd I'd do Miami. If it came down to it, I would do Miami before I I would do uh, San Francisco. Come on here, come on here, cookie. We got one last team. Got to hit the Seattle Seahawks. And actually, we can get into what I want to talk about here, too. So, <clears throat> the big rumor is that Russell Wilson and Julio Jones are having discussions. Um, the team is trying to bring Julio Jones to Seattle Seahawks. Uh, and what is that going to do for you know your wide receivers here, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett? Well, if it happens, it's not really going to affect uh, DK Metcalf. That he should be the number one. Now, whether or not he gets a lot of looks in the in the end zone, the red zone from Russell Wilson, because it would t- uh, Julio would take it away, uh, kind of remains to be seen. But that is a possibility. This really kills Lockett, though. Um, who would basically be your primary slot wide receiver? Um, and maybe mix in from time to time with Julio, maybe mix in, you know, for DK Metcalf on a break just to kind of switch it up. Um, fucking rumors, man. Just keep going on with Julio though. Uh, Seattle currently only has 4.7 million. They're willing to give up a second round pick, I guess for him. Um, I just don't see it happening. When you look at sal- you know, what these salary caps are going to be. Now, granted, it changes based on just your top 51. That's what they go off for your, your actual cap space. Um, you know, most of, the guy- most of the teams would be over based on the whole 90 players, of course, but top 51. So uh, let's see a couple of the teams that were rumored here. Uh, one was LA Chargers. They have twenty point three million in cap space, uh, so that would definitely be in play there. New England Patriots have twenty point one in space. Definite possibility there. There was talk about San Francisco Forty ers They have seventeen point four. Julio carries a fifteen million dollar cap hit. Okay, that's what you're trying to fit in here. Most of your rookies are already signed, so. 49ers could do it. They'd be real tight up against the cap. Colts could do it. Uh, 17.1 in cap space. They could do it there. Uh, be real tight, but they can get it done. Uh, Washington football team can do it at 17. Um, but I haven't heard much out of them as a possibility, as a spot. Uh, Arizona Cardinals for a minute were relevant in these discussions, but they're at 13.2. Um, which, I mean, they can do a restructure. And they can flip uh, A.J. Green and Julio, actually, into the slot, too. So, And uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is known to go into the slot from time to time. So outside of that, I mean, Baltimore Ravens, they're just under $10 million in cap space, so I don't see that one happening. Rams, officially, I think, officially said that they weren't going to pursue him. They only had 7.8. They really had nothing. They don't have any players to trade back either. 
Um, they can't really afford to give up a second round pick considering the fact that they keep giving up their first round picks. So, uh, that's all null and void. Raiders was never a fucking thought. Seattle, like I said, 4.7 in cap space. I don't see him going there. Um, I just, I just, it has to make sense, man, based on need, need and, what they have for space, I mean, you know, you can get a little funky with the fucking numbers and shit, but come on. Come on. You're not, at his age, you're not restructuring a deal, adding a couple more years, uh, changing the money into bonus money, you know, so it comes kind of comes off the book that first year to hit that cap. I doubt it. I really doubt it. New England Chargers, those are my two teams. I think they make the most sense, to be completely honest. So we'll wait and see. Apparently this might happen on Wednesday. Uh, that's the first day that he could be actually traded because it's after the June 1st, uh, uh, 1st um, uh, date, which is huge for, you know, they'll do the money versus you know before or after june 1st they kind of set it just because it's a mid-range uh day for um free agency mm. between free agency and training camp so it's kind of a, a certain day but russell wilson uh if you got julio jones i mean russell wilson you'd love him um i think in this offense i still kind of love him but we're gonna have to see where he's going usually you, you have to draft them way too high, uh, which tends to be kind of a deal breaker, but we'll see what happens here. Uh, running backs, you have Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas. Of course, Chris Carson and Rashad Penny would be your two main guys. Uh, Chris Carson would be probably about the only guy, though, on this team that I would take a shot on. Rashad Penny, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Even when he came back and he was ready to go, they didn't really utilize them, but that could change. They could be split in this backfield. We'll have to see what happens. That's going to be a really big thing to monitor during training camp. Wide receivers currently, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, have interest in both. I uh, believe that rookie Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver out of Western Michigan, can uh, secure that slot role, uh, but I don't really have any interest outside of the two main guys, right? And DK, and DK and Tyler Lockett. Um, probably more interested in DK just because he's the number one target. Um, Tyler Lockett, I mean, he's got his contract. It really don't matter if Julio moves in there. So we'll see what happens. Tight end, uh, it's going to be the clusterfuck again. But your two main guys should be Will Disley and Gerald Everett, of course, you know, it'll be those two until Disley gets hurt. Uh, Gerald Everett, I do have some interest in in this offense. We do know that Russell Wilson likes throwing to his tight end, especially in the red zone. Um, so we'll pay attention there. Defense, not fucking with it. Not fucking with it. They made a lot of changes. They're actually a little bit better. Um, but I do expect, I do really kind of expect this defense to kind of um, be easy to attack. We'll just have to see what happens here. It's probably through the air again because I mean it's basically the same, basically the same uh, secondary outside of Akella Willerspoon coming over from San Fran, but he's he's nothing major. So Trey Flowers, Ugo Amadi, who we like to attack. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't care much for it. Russell Wilson, where are we going? He's going as QB7, pick 54. So right behind Justin Herbert by a pick. And uh, 17 picks in front of Tom Brady. So I don't know, man. That's a fifth-round pick. I'd probably just wait. I'm, I'm not I'm not that big on Russell Wilson. Um even if they got Julio Jones, to be completely honest with you. But it does help them, so I'd probably use them in DFS at times. Uh, but we know what happens. Usually you use Russell Wilson earlier in the year and then fade him late. 
Running backs. Let's see here. Where's our running back? Chris Carson. There he is. RB22, pick 40. So uh, about a mid-range fourth rounder. Not terrible, not great. I'd rather have him go at the end of the fourth round, but at that point, I mean, home leagues, he's probably going to get drafted back in three right at the beginning of the four. Um, so it's about three, four turns, somewhere in there. That would be my guess as of right now. Let's see where Penny's going. He's got to be going super late. Yeah, RB57, 172 overall, so not really a player. You're going to basically bother to target. I mean, if you wanted to handcuff Chris Carson because of his injury history, um, I wouldn't blame you. Uh, And I would expect it to be Rashad Penny that would be uh, the major beneficiary in that one. So wide receivers, you're looking at DK Metcalf coming in at wide receiver seven. Pick 24 overall. He has fallen. Actually, he was a wide receiver six. But he and at pick twenty one, he's dropped three spots and then went to seven. Uh, you give me him, you give me, dude. You draft Christian McCaffrey first, right? And then you come back at the two three turn, and you could get DK Metcalf and maybe another running back. I think you you would take that all fucking day, all day. Uh, let's see here. Tyler Lockett is currently going at wide receiver 26, pick 63 overall, so right at the beginning of the sixth round. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad if they don't do Julio Jones. I'll just give you Julio Jones ADP, even though we'll get to Atlanta later. Uh, he is currently wide receiver 16, so he's a uh, mid-high two. Pick 44. So, right towards the end of the fourth round, I'm sure if he goes ends up going to Seattle, that's going to really rise up. Uh, let's see where Dwayne Eskridge is at. Dwayne Eskridge, wide receiver 93, 294 overall. See? Yeah, you don't want him. No, no, no. Get away. Bad, naughty. All right, tight ends. We're looking at... Looks like Gerald Everett is the first one off the board here. Uh, tight end 22, so right inside the tight end two. And it's tight end two's pick 169, so right at the ass end of the draft. Uh, where's Will Disley at? Where's our Will Disley? There he is, Will Disley. Uh, tight end 45. So a lot of people on top of Gerald Everett for this team uh, and to secure the main role at tight end. Uh, defense, just in case anybody's curious, they are tight end, or tight end defense number 20. Uh, so right at the very back end, not a team that we're interested in. So let us get to, let's see what players we are interested in. We're going to go yes, no. Uh, starting back at Arizona, Kyler Murray at quarterback. Yes and no. Um, may wait. It all depends if he drops. James Conner, yes, because he's the last. He's the latest wide uh, running back for this team. Chase Edmonds, probably not, uh, unless he drops farther back. DeAndre Hopkins, hell yeah. Uh, AJ Green, no. Christian Kirk, no. Max Williams at tight end, no. Defense, eh, Luke Warren, but probably no. L.A. Rams, Matt Stafford, yes. Cam Akers, yes. Would I look at Daryl Henderson to handcuff? Yes. Uh, Wide receivers, Robert Woods, yes. Cooper Cup, hell yes. Uh, Deshaun Jackson or Van Jefferson, no. Tyler Higby at tight end, yes. He's a late target guy. The LA Rams defense, yes, it's fine. 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance? No. Fading both. Unless you're in uh, uh, best ball, then go ahead if you want to take a shot on one or the other. Raheem Mostert? Yeah. Trey Sermon? Hell yeah. Wayne Gallman? No. Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver? No. Debo Samuel? 
Yes, he's the value guy. Mohamed Sanu, no. George Kittle, not that high. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. If I got him in the fourth round, yes, because that'd be a huge value. San Francisco defense, no. Seattle, Russell Wilson, nah, eh. You'd want him. You'd want him sixth round or later. Uh, nothing earlier. Chris Carson, mm, yes. Rashad Penny is back up. Yes. Uh, Chris Carson, I would rather have, though, at the back end of four, uh, beginning of five. DK Metcalf, hell yeah. Tyler Lockett, mm, no. Dwayne Eskridge, no. Tight ends, Will Disley, nope. Gerald Everett, DFS. Seattle defense, no. We're going to stay away from that, so... That is our run through there. Julio Jones, if he goes to uh, Seattle, back and forth. No, I'd rather have him as a fifth or a sixth rounder at that point in time. So I guess we'll just kind of get into what I got pissed off about on Saturday. So everybody knows I talk about the Scott Fish Bowl. It's a charity tournament, uh, really big, a lot of – you know, thousands of people that get into this thing, hundreds of thousands of people, right? So, um, I always put in my thing. I always put in my thing. I talk about it every year. Uh, always put in as a content provider because I'm not going to put in as a fan because I don't believe myself as just a fan. I will not slander myself like that, uh, like some other people may. Well. Mr. Scottfish sent out a thing saying, you know, hey, I don't know everybody out in the out in the fantasy football world, so if there's anybody that you would like to nominate uh, to get in, uh, this would be the time and the place to do it. Nobody, and I mean nobody, said shit for me, right? And I'm not going to go beg anybody to fucking do it, right? I just, you know... Considering the fact that there are a couple of places that actually do get some of this work that I do, you know, you would figure they would go, hey, look, this guy here, yada, 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 uh, take a look at him, you know, whatnot. Nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. And I let it go for about four hours, and I kind of got obsessed about it, and it might be just for the plain simple fact I worked a six. I worked a six day, uh, so I had been up since one a.m. This was now like four or five o'clock in the in the afternoon. I had gotten done mowing my lawn, uh, just fucking shit ass tired, right? And of course, I'm drinking now. Um, so I just said it. I just completely said it. I tag, I uh, quote tweeted it, and I just said, and I said, look, I said, no offense to Scott. Um, this is not about him. He runs a great tournament. I appreciate everything he does. Uh, I will send my don I will send my donation out like normal. Um, but basically, it was really fucking sad that nobody could step up and say anything, and that's who I was fucking disappointed in. And that was the tweet, and. That stupid fucking ring that I got from the Ring of Honor from Sirius almost ended up in Lake Michigan Saturday night. I was down by the lake. I had it in my fucking hand. I was going to take a video. That was actually going to be part of that tweet, and I did not do it. But that would have been the epic fuck you to the industry to do it. But I just couldn't bring myself to do it. There were so many people there that I was just like, oh, my God, I already feel like enough of a psycho, a psychopath. You could have just imagined, like, just yelling into my phone, fuck you guys, blah, 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 you bullshit, blah, blah, and throwing this fucking thing in there, and then somebody just calling the cops and being like, this dude just fucking littered in the Lake Michigan, right? And it's got my name on it, so it's not like, you know, not like they would go look for it, but I'm sure somebody would have seen it and shit. So, um, yeah, every once in a while, I want to be a little bit fucking childish. I want to, I, 
I want to I want to scream from the heavens, but I'm going to fucking stand up for myself. And it's always my belief that everybody, like, if you have a belief in yourself and what you're doing and all that type of shit, why would you just back down, right? So my whole thing is now, you know, had got to simmer down and all that shit is just, you know, those people that I send the shit out to are no longer receiving it. And I know everybody fucking saw it. Everybody saw that tweet. You know, I have about 100 people within the fucking industry that follow me. You know, it's like 10% of my following. So they all saw it. And I'm sure they're waiting for me to fucking poke my head out and be and be like, it was this guy, it was this guy, it was this person, right? I'm not going to do that. So what am I going to do? Just punish everybody. Not anybody that gets the material, you know, just regular folks, not uh, um, my buddy Steve uh, Renner, not like not like those guys, you know, because they support everything, right? But uh, as far as like trying to make some like statement and this one's going to be really fucking hard and it's me not tweeting my favorite shows on Sirius XM that's more of the well if one person pissed me off then it's going to affect all you motherfuckers and then you're going to go why 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 are you not tweeting anymore and I'm going to be like me cuz somebody fucked up and you're all going to pay the price and you can obviously see that it's if I'm not tweeting anybody at Sirius, then it's somebody at Sirius or somebody who has a show on Sirius. And it's not just one person. It's not just at Sirius. So it is what it is, whether or not anybody actually, you know, from outside the industry actually listens to this one to try and figure it out, knowing full well that I was going to fucking bring it up, um, remains to be seen. But, I mean, there's there's a lot of good people. I mean, some people have problems with uh, Mans and Schuster over at Elite Fantasy and shit like that, but they're, they're one of the few people that actually will give me shout-outs shout on the radio, and whether or not they're doing it on purpose or not, it... If it drives a person over to my account, which is where I have all this shit set up, you know, with the doghouse fantasy football and all that shit, they're going to see it, right? Ted on the show, they do the they do a top five and shit. There's four people. They each make a top five. So top 20 people to follow on uh, social media for or on Twitter for sports fantasy football type stuff just funny anything like that i made it onto a top five granted it was it was number five but i'll fucking take it it's free fucking advertising but outside of that and i wouldn't expect anything out of jeff and ted to do anything like that anybody from you know that website but just pisses me off and I'm just, I'm fucking done with it. I'm done. It's kind of fucking two-faced. Because why would you accept my shit? Why would you accept the work that I'm putting in? You say, yeah, it's great. Thank you. I appreciate it and all that type of stuff. And then when I need you, you know I'm trying to get into this fucking thing that I'm not doing it. Regardless if I'm throwing something out that's kind of joking at the fact that I can't get into this fucking thing. Why would you not fucking help me out? Why would you not send me... Hey, would you like me to send something out there? You know what? That'd be great. That'd be very appreciative. Because I don't ask anybody for any type of fucking money. I don't ask anybody for any type of advertising on the shows. So, you know... Extend the fucking hand every once in a while. At least just once. All I'm asking for is fucking once. But if you can't fucking do that, if it's too goddamn hard, if you think you're 
too fucking big f- uh, to help me out, then go fuck yourself. I'm done with it. I'll get in that fucking tournament my own fucking way. If it takes me a year, if it takes me two fucking years, if it takes me another five fucking years with my donations in there and joking about me not being able to fucking get into it and making everybody else look fucking shitty for it. And nobody at Sirius ever fucking call me fucking part of the serious family with this shit going on. Fuck all ya. I don't need that bullshit. I'm going to kick everybody's fucking ass in DFS. People listening to this are going to kick everybody's ass in DFS this year in seasonal. Everybody getting the product, the spreadsheets, all that shit. Fucking kick everybody's ass. Because the best advertisement that I can ever have is everybody grabbing the information and winning. And in the end, you know what? All that really fucking matters. So I've gone on enough. Usually I try to keep this at about 45, you know, keep it under an hour. We're over an hour now. Kind of ran it a little bit. Let me be a pissy little kid. All right. Just let me be a pissy little kid because that's where I generate my power. I am so fucking focused right now. And we're going to fucking murder it this year again. Again. Year six. Six years in a row. Fuck everybody. Have a good night.